Welcome to episode 85 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Merry Christmas. It is Thursday night, December 18th, after some technical difficulties uh, that left our listeners empty at the earlobes, craving that missing podcast. We are back, and we're going to give you some good content leading into your Christmas break. They were bummed out. They, you know, did you lose an entire show? Infuriating. And Just, we said, no, Matt lost an entire show. I would never throw him under the bus like that until now. But yes, Matt pretended like he'd never edited the podcast before. So here we are. And tonight we're going to talk about Suicide Squad casting for a little bit because we spent an hour and a half on it last week and no one got to hear it but us. Ian didn't like the episode anyway. You're not missing much. We're going to talk about DC's cancellations coming up in March. Matt's going to go on a little rant about Hobbit haters. Hmm. And we're going to talk a little Christmas. Christmas warm and fuzzies. Ooh, I like that. The holiday season. All after Housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. We have some big news tonight on Housekeeping. Oh, boy. Longtime fans know that we've been looking for... For a second, I thought you were going to be like... I'm leaving the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, what the hell is he going to talk about? I know what no, it is. Go ahead. No. Well, do, do we want me to leave? That, that's your hopes and dreams. That's Christmas wishes. That, well, that would have been big news. Like That would have been headline-making news. I feel like this is page two. Now, this is something good. That would be something bad. Show crippling. But this is something good. <laughs> <laughs> show crippling. Show crippling. Anyway, longtime fans know that we've been calling for more likes on our Facebook page. You can go to Facebook, type in McSauce, and pull up our wonderful fan page. We've been looking for 200 likes, and we received them. So thank you, fans, very much. We have 201 likes. Thank you. We reached our goal this year. I think next year, we'll we'll think about it. I I had a number in mind. But I don't know if we can jump up and reach that. So we'll talk about it. We'll figure out. We could know. have a realistic goal, or we could have like a big corporation business unrealistic goal. So Shoot high, man. Even right? if we don't meet it, we'll still meet it. Yeah, but I, I was really surprised that we were able to hit this 200 likes. Um, thank you, fans, for telling friends, for holding people at gunpoint, and having them like our page. So we greatly appreciate that. Directing them to mixsauce.com to check out reviews, web comics, and the podcast whenever we're able to record it and not delete it. So thank you very much. You can go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Stitcher Radio, you can stream there. Podomatic, you can download and stream as well. If you go to Libsyn, go to McSauce podcast at Libsyn.com. You can get all the classic episodes that are not, no longer available on iTunes. So you can go there and check out great ones like Blood Creamer or you know you can hear about Dwayne Matt, Johnson gets hit by a bus. That one is on there. Our pilot episode, our maiden voyage is on there as well. So you can Rough. hear we didn't really have our legs yet. No, it's really funny to go back and Still listen to Still better than ones. the first episode of Shield. We probably sound so young. We do. You can hear you can hear it in our voices. So 
Go and check out all of those lovely things. Again, fans, thank you so much for getting us those 200 plus likes. If you want to listen to more of me, like I do, you can visit the Guest Room podcast. It is on iTunes and Stitcher. It is called Guest Room. It is hosted by Larry Ganny, and he and I sat down for a long time and covered a uh, a lot of topics, but in this first episode that he posted, um, I think he's going to break it down into a couple. Uh, the first episode that's up, we talk all kinds of music stuff. So um, if you're tired of hearing me talk about comic books, uh, you can hear you can get tired of me talking about music on the guest room. Uh, we talk a lot of Aerosmith, Death Cab for Cutie, some Christian rock, I'm some country. Tired of oh, it. We cover Christ. we cover the gamut. That is gamut the gambit? gambit the gambit. So, Guest Room Podcast, uh, the episode's called Stupid Band Names. Um, you can also find Larry at, at The Guest Room on Twitter. So, um, please give that a listen. I would appreciate it. He would appreciate it. Dear friend of mine, uh, please check it out and support him. Matt? Well, I guess it's my turn to talk about the... Toys for Tots charity that we that we did this year, the, the second annual McSauce Comic Book Podcast, Toys for Tots charity. Uh, as most of you guys probably know, because you all pretty much donated, we got a ton of donations. Um, we, we took donations and we took them to Toys R Us and we bought a ton of comic book related toys. And we went this past Sunday and we absolutely cleaned up we bought so many toys we filled an entire cart just filled with action figures and like art supplies um more action figures more action figures and then there were some action figures on top of that uh we got a few books we got some puzzles i mean like super cool stuff um i don't think there was anything in that cart that was like shitty it was all good stuff and whatever kid gets this stuff i think will be happy with it because like i feel like even as a kid if i would have gotten the my little pony stuff that we grabbed i was like oh this is kind of cool i really like that comb accessory that it comes with yeah there was a lot of cool stuff we had a fucking blast picking this stuff out um people commented on facebook i if you haven't seen the pictures you can go to facebook a bunch of pictures are up there on the fan page and you can you can experience the trip that we had to Toys R Us, see some of the hijinks that we that we had there. There's even pictures of us while we're doing the 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 shopping spree. And if you notice, this is a fun fact for you know you guys that are more into like the um, audio commentaries on the McSauce Blu-rays. If you notice the shirt I'm wearing in these in these photos, that's the last time you're ever gonna see the shirt. Cause later that day, I bent my elbow and it like it ripped right at the elbow all the way across. I Pony thought elbows. I had... there it uh, is. There, okay. Paul's or Ian showing the the shirt. Um, it's a it was a nice shirt. I like. You could shirt. auction that shirt off now. Now that you said that it's, it's damaged. <laughs> And some, game worn. Yeah, some McSauce yeah. fan will be like, "Oh, I want to get that." You wore you that know, on the second annual Toys for Tots trip shirt. So w- we want to thank everyone that that donated uh, 
to to the cause because I believe it's a good cause. I really do believe in it. I think that making a kid's Christmas is about the the nicest thing that you can do. I mean, I think everyone listening knows what it's like to have a great Christmas and I think anyone that contributed got to sort of make sure that that happened for somebody out there that otherwise wasn't going to have a, a nice morning on Christmas morning. So we want to thank Teresa Barker, a longtime devoted fan, Teresa Barker. I think she's been around since episode one. I would say that she has been around since I then, think, too. I think she's listened to 84-plus episodes. Big fan, big know. vocal fan, always... You has know, some critiques and things. Tells us nature. what she likes. Tells us what she doesn't like. What doesn't she like? I thought she liked it all. Uh, she tells us. She lets us know what she doesn't like. Pain in the ass. She doesn't like that guy. Number oh, one. Okay. We also got um, a donation from Crystal Stein. Thank you, Crystal. Thank uh, you, Crystal. Uh, we, we got one from... I don't know who this is. I don't even recognize the name. Read it. Jay Sharpley. Thank you, Mom. Oh, that's my lady. How dare you? I'm still waiting for uh, Mrs. Sharpley's... Um, what is it? Her, her sweet sweet her potato pie. Sweet potato pie. You know what? We promised it last Thanksgiving. A Thanksgiving has come and gone, and we still don't have the sweet potato pie. Is sweet potato pie acceptable for Christmas? I actually had one that I could have brought over. What? But I ate it myself because oh fuck my you guys. God. Just a slice? All we want mm. is a slice. No. Isn't no. sweet potato pie any time pie? It can be any time pie. Just like your mom. Oh! She's not going to listen to this episode, will she? No. Okay. Fairly sure that uh, somebody might might tell her. The the lovely Karen Yossi donated to the charity. Karen Karen Yossi. Mm. Uh, May or may not be any relation to her. Dominic Yossi also donated to the cause. Uh, We had Lauren Bay provided a nice donation. Um... And then, of course, we have Paul McGinty, Ian Sharpley, and me. We all partook, partaken, partook. 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 Is partook a word? I know partake is, but but actually, isn't that more like taking and not giving? We par-gave. I (laughs) par-gave. We par-gave. Yeah, we par-gave to the cause. What a good... You guys are killing me What a great... uh, experience it was over $400 raised uh, $450 $450 raised um, oh, Larry Ganny also donated host uh, of the guest room podcast I thank you Larry. Ginger Wilcox also donated and Ginger thank you I'm just going based on what I have here in front of me on like you know the actual donations not the here's 10 bucks buddy those count too they do count but they're a little harder to track so Again, we had an absolute blast. It was awesome. We're going to do it again next year. I can guarantee that. Um, you know, let's let's say it right now. You know what I'm shooting for? $1,000 next year. $1,000. Uh, friend of the podcast, Jeremy Knaus, who runs Spitfires Catering in Wa- uh, Wilmerding, mentioned that he would like to team up at some point. I know that he has some event that he holds at that location 
for Christmas and maybe do something in tandem with him. So maybe next year we can have even more firepower to raise even more money to help out more kids. I think that would be awesome. I'm all for it, for sure. So again, thank you, everybody. We really greatly appreciate it. And uh, tonight, we'll move on and talk about some things we talked about in the last episode, as well as some new stuff. It wasn't that good. (laughs) Says you. You said it. You said it. Folks, whenever we were done recording, Ian was like, hmm, wasn't our best work. So I thought I tried to interpret that, you know, like I kind of... Because, you know, you got to take into account body language and facial expressions that don't translate over the radio. And I saw it. And I saw in his eyes, in his beautiful brown eyes, that he wanted this episode to just go away. So I made it happen. Not only did I make children's dreams come true this Christmas, I also made Ian's dream come true. It's a Christmas miracle. Of not having to listen to that shitty episode that we were about to release. You also made a lot of fans unhappy. Yeah, I'm going to go a week without the McSauce podcast. Yeah, but that's why today is going to be an extra good episode. And I think we're off to a good start. That's true. So, Suicide Squad casting. <clears throat> suicide Squad casting. Doesn't it sound like you're trying to say podcasting, but you're suicide changing Suicide Squad casting. Um, the biggest news is Jared Leto is the Joker. Um... What's his name? Jared Leto. Is it Leto or is it Leto? I've always said Leto. So you've always said it wrong? Is that wrong? Yeah. I think it's Leto. It's Leto. Yeah? I think. Okay. Ginger thinks too. I suppose I've always said it wrong then. That's okay. Jared Leto as the Joker. I'm surprised we didn't correct you on episode 85, like the original episode 85. Could you imagine if we had released that and Paul saying, Jared Leto, Jared Leto. People would be like, no, who is this Leto person? I guarantee you. But in this episode, it's totally correct. I guarantee you he's at home going, man, I wish everyone would pronounce my name right and say Leto. (laughs) It's like none of the above. So Jared Jared Leto's the big cast. Jared Leto is the big cast. Since he's Polynesian now, <laughs> and aren't we due? Aren't we due for a bad Joker? Cesar Romero, Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, Mark Hamill—they've all been great Jokers in their time. Aren't we due for a fucking bummer? It's gonna be hard for him to reinvent the character and make it his own, something different. Um, well, it'll have to follow the tone of the movie itself so I mean like he can't you know he can't be Heath Ledger Joker running around if it's like a different tone altogether you know like yeah he's it's gonna be somewhat contingent on how the whole movie itself and and I don't think that he's gonna try to do anything that's been done in the past you know blow for blow it's not gonna be the um the one from the Tim Burton movies. It's not going to be The Dark Knight. It's going to be his own take on it. It's just going to be interesting to see what direction he goes for. Um, I'm, I'm betting it's going to be more classical, more straight from the comic books. Because, honestly, where else could you go? What else could you do? I would like to see some sort of live-action adaptation of Mark Hamill's Joker. Because I, I feel like he was silly enough and creepy enough at the same time. Yeah, which is kind of the closest thing that we have to 
pulled right out of the comic books. Right. So, yeah, I mean, do we like the casting? I, I'm, I'm in. I think he's a pretty decent actor, everything that I've ever seen him in. I've enjoyed. Matt and I have lobbied for Adrian Brody for a long time. Yeah, I, I agree. Great yeah. nose. Great nose, tall, lanky. They've both got the build. They're both kind of slim. Although Jared Leto is not very tall. I think he's like 5'9", five 5'10", five maybe. Should the Joker be tall? Yeah, Joker's a tall guy. Really? Yeah. Tall and lanky? Tall and lanky. Yeah, Jared Leto got him is lanky, the lanky build, but... but not the tall part. Now, I don't know how tall Adrian Brody is, but holy shit, does he have the perfect nose. What I hope they do, because Jared Leto's like a good-looking guy. He's kind of a pretty boy-looking guy. What I like about him, and not that I've studied his face or anything. Nothing creepy like ladies, that. Ladies. I've looked at his face, and, and he has kind of a dainty little nose, but he's got like these piercing eyes that I think are going to be an interesting like kind of look for the Joker. Um, I hope they give him a prosthetic nose, though. I really do. I hope that they play that that physical trait of his up more than good prosthetic, not Looper prosthetic. Looper, like uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. They tried to make him resemble Bruce Willis. Oh yeah, he looked like Bruce Willis. You didn't think that was well done? No, I couldn't. I couldn't. Stop looking at the weird was nose it, and face the was entire it, time. Was it, I know what Joseph Gordon-Levitt looks like, and this ain't it, so I know that these are all prosthetics, or did it just truly look like he had rubber pieces all, like, um, It looked like very well done rubber, because no matter how, how good of a prosthetic you have on your face, it's not going to move like your face. Same with when people get plastic surgery. Your face just doesn't move the same way it used to. So you think that... I don't want Jared Leto to have a lot of prosthetics. If you just want to give him an extended nose piece, fine. But don't build up his cheeks. Don't do anything with his forehead. You know, just let his, let his face do the work for him. I just feel like the Joker is nose and chin. Like, those are the two things. Very, like, like yeah. sharp, angular yeah, um, yeah. features. Um. I think he's going to be great, actually. I really do. Um, he's not Adrian Brody, yeah, but slap a phony nose on him. A good one, Paul. Not not when he turns his head, it like wiggles. <laughs> but, I kind of want that. I like Dan Aykroyd in Nothing But Trouble. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Didn't this prosthetic actually fall off during, like in that movie? I don't know. Wasn't he like changing at night? I don't know. It's been a long time. It's been, yeah, it has been. Now, about the actual film who else Will Smith cast Will Smith as cast Deadshot as Deadshot Tom Hardy cast as Rick Flagg uh, what's that girl's name Something Car- Carol Delevingne oh. oh Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn Jay Courtney is Captain Boomerang and uh, what's her face Delevingne with the big eyebrows is Enchantress which is kind of a weird call for me because Enchantress is a magic character, but then you're gonna stick her in with like all these ground level villains. I agree with that. That's that is weird. It is that that's not a typical Suicide Squad 
character. No, oh, really? Huh. More so than the Joker. Well, the Joker and Harley, Harley Quinn. Well, Harley Quinn in the newer adaptations is a Suicide Squad Do you character. Think, but, but in the in the history of Suicide Squad, they're... The rumors are that they're Kara Delavine, that's her name. The rumors are that they're basing this off a lot of the old John Ostrander stuff, which didn't involve Harley or Joker. And I'm pretty sure, even though the new 52's a few years old now, like I feel like Enchantress has put in just as much time over the years as Harley's put in over since 2011. New when the new 52 launched, I think it was 11. Yeah. Are we excited to see Harley Quinn? Make it to the silver screen. I, I know it's a cool. fan favorite. I, I'm, I'm not necessarily excited that it's in a Suicide Squad movie to start. I mean, because when I think Harley Quinn, when I think the Joker, it's Batman. I expect them to be going up against Batman, and I don't think we're going to get any Batman in in this movie. So you know, my thought is, are we going to see these characters perhaps before Suicide Squad and maybe Batman v Superman somewhere? Uh, is their is their first appearance? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not, but maybe. Wouldn't there be more um, more excitement if we see them first in Suicide Squad, and then build on that for the Batman solo project years and years down the line? So when we see them actually coming up against Batman, it's in his his solo film. We've we've been exposed to these characters. Yeah. We kind of know what they're going to be, and then we get that tension. We're like, I can't wait to see them. You know, meet up with the characters from this other film. Yeah, I mean, I, Batman v Superman already sounds crowded enough as is. Yeah, I don't know plus, how they're gonna put any more stuff in that movie. Plus, it might be pretty cool to see you know them as introduced in this, but really like the, you know, the key driving force of um, of a you know the Batman film. I really hope that they make the Joker the villain in, in the Batman movie. What's cool about this is that it's. So I hope the Joker's the villain in this movie. I th well, I think he's going to be the target, the the MacGuffin or whatever. Like you guys have to get the Joker, or you have to find the Joker, or <clears throat> we'll kill the, the one, Joker, or something like this that. This may be the one where Harley falls in love with him. Although that's kind of like against the whole idea of her character. She yeah. becomes Harley Quinn because of. The clown prince of crime, right? I right. feel like he's going to be the central piece to this team doing whatever so, it's doing. Is Harley Quinn already like his girlfriend when this movie happens? I think so. So, it are they going after him to try to kill him? Is that the idea of this? I think they would hold it out there like we will. We'll kill the Joker once you guys capture him if you don't behave right or something like that. I mean, I, I think that there would be some bad intentions towards the Joker to make Harley Quinn do what Amanda Waller wants her to do. And since we recorded fake episode last week, uh, it looks like Viola Davis is going to be Amanda Waller. Not Oprah Winfrey. Bummer. Super bummer. I wanted Oprah Winfrey. But Viola Davis will hook it up. That's not the first time those words have been uttered. Viola Davis will hook it up? No, the ones before that. I wanted Oprah Winfrey. There you go. Not the first time uttered by me. That's right. I think last Tonight. week we went into skinny Oprah, fat Oprah. Mm -hmm. Who you got? Who's your favorite? Fat Oprah, just like fat Jonah Hill and fat Drew Carey. That's true. Fatter is better. They're better fat. Anybody good, better skinny? Anybody? Tommy Lasorda? 
No. No. Fabulous oh, Fat I don't know. Every time. Because he had the Slim Fast commercials. No. He, he was still fat in those commercials. Oh. Skinny Anthony Anderson? Mm, in those yeah. Walmart commercials? With Clarissa? He's, he's good on blackish. Skinny Anthony Anderson. Skinny. I think he may have found his place. He seems to have bounced around a lot from show to show. He's still got... Never really finding a home. He's still got a big head, too, though. That's that's what helps. His body may have slimmed down, but his head's still fat. His head reminds you, hey, I used to be fat. <laughs> Mike Tyson. He's better thin. Was Mike Tyson ever fat? Oh, he's yeah. fat now. Well, not right now. He's, he's lost it, but maybe yeah. about two or three years ago, he was a balloon. Look up pictures of Well, I mean, I think I think what I mean is, did anybody go from fat to skinny? And it, like, there are lots of examples of skinny to fat where skinny was better. Kirstie Alley, better skinny. Yikes! You know, like, but but fat to skinny, where they were more famous, fat, and then they got skinny, and then and then they were equally famous or or powerful. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's Jonah Hill. Like Jonah yeah. Hill lost all that weight, and he's still done. You know, the Jump Street movies are super popular. Yeah. And he's fairly skinny in those. Ish. More so the first one. Yeah. My Jonah Hill will always be the accepted Jonah Hill, where he's dressed as the hot dog. Yeah, he Tell was... Tell me about my wiener. Ask me about my wiener. <laughs> he was a little too yeah. fat in it. No like, way. he lost some weight for Superbad. I think he was at his prime and in Superbad. Superbad. Yeah, accepted uh, Superbad Jonah Hill. That's yeah. That's his wheelhouse. So Amanda Waller's not going to be fat. Traditionally, she's fat in the comic books. That's such until bullshit. the new Fifty Two when they rebooted everything, and now she's thin. And everybody's got to be sexy. There's there's something less threatening about her when she's thin. I don't know what it is. I, I think it's I think she's less interesting as a thin character. Like her being this big woman gave her more dimension. There are so many no plain, skinny characters out there. She stood yeah. out from the pack. Excellent. Excellent call, Ian. Thanks. You're making the show better than last week already. I'll say. Yeah, um, I like I like Viola Davis. She's also not super thin, so I think she's kind of walking the line between comic book skinny Amanda Waller and the fat Amanda Waller that we all love. Do we like Tom Hardy in this movie? You know, I am perfectly fine with all of the casting and characters and everything because I don't, I'm not invested enough really in anyone, like any character and actor. Like, yeah, I know who Will Smith is, but I don't really know Deadshot that well. Like, See, I'm invested in both of those, the actor and the character. Yeah, that's probably like the one more than anyone that you're like, probably invested in both right is Deadshot yeah. going to have to fight those dudes on the playground that beat up the Fresh Prince at the beginning of each episode how fucking awesome would that be if the movie opened on Deadshot clearing out a playground I effects? would love that <laughs> I just watched an old episode of Fresh Prince today I love that part when the ball hits them they all stand up immediately <laughs> and they're like ready to fucking kill him that's all it takes in the hood that's all it takes yep so yeah I'm excited about about Will Smith I like it I, I hope they I hope they make it about Deadshot and not Will Smith though I think it'll be too easy 
to make for that to be Will Smith. I kind of want to get lost in the character a little bit. And Will Smith is so famous. I'm not really sure that's going to happen. Yeah, but he can transform himself. I mean, he did it with Ali and and that's a good that's a good point. That's a great movie. Yeah. And you do kind of lose the fact that that that's Will Smith. He yeah. really jumped does, into that. But does thing. Floyd Lawton have the kind of Oscar-winning clout that a role like Ali would? Well, it doesn't have to be an Oscar winner, but just be the character. He's had a bunch of bummer movies that I think that he's going to do everything in his power to make this a hit. And if it means toning down the Fresh Prince angle of it all... I'm looking forward to this. I think this movie has a lot of potential to really surprise people. It has like a Guardians vibe where Matt mentioned he's not really all that tied into any of the characters. I think Guardians was the same kind of way so they can have some freedom to explore different stuff with this movie. What I think will be really neat is that the Joker and, to an extent, Harley are really tied to Batman. You've only ever seen... The general public has only ever seen the Joker with Batman. So if you throw Joker in this movie without Batman, see how he interacts in this completely different world, Like I think that opens up a lot of different storytelling avenues for the DC Universe because it says, like, we've got this huge fucking thing over there. We've got the Joker, and we don't need him to be with Batman. This is how cool these guys are. Yeah, and it's it's cool that this is something that we've never seen done in in comic book films. It's villains. It's a villain-centric movie. Um, they got to make them villains, though. You know what I mean? Like, do, you can't yeah, make them... Do you think they're going to shy away from it? I think they're... I have faith that they're going to go for it. If this was Marvel doing it, if this was Thunderbolts, I think they might play it soft and safe. Okay, let, let me take what you said at face value. Do I have faith that they're going to do it? No, I do okay. not. There, there has Is to, it conceivable yes, that they could do it? Yes. Okay. And you're right. It's more conceivable than if Marvel was doing it. But DC needs to prove themselves more before I start putting my faith in them. I get that. They have one film on the record as of right now in this new universe. Right. Um, so we're we're everything that we're talking about with any of these new movies, it's all a leap of faith. Well, Deadshot's... I think Deadshot's going to be the lead in this movie. Amanda Waller's going to be the bad guy, and the Joker's going to be the axis that everything revolves around. So I I think they're going to keep... I expect them to keep Deadshot pretty similar to the comics because over the last so many years, they have softened him up, especially in Secret Six. I mean, he's still a bad guy in the Secret Six, but you know he has a daughter... And, you know, he's just doing this thing, all the shit to make a life for himself. And he's sending money to Cheshire? Is that who? I think that's his baby's mama. Cheshire? Yeah, the ninja assassin. Cheshire? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Green green costume. Right, with the 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 cat cat face. Right. In in, um, Young Justice is... The sister of Artemis. of Artemis, yeah, right, yeah, and Sportsmaster is her dad. Is that right? Is yeah, that real? So, no, that's not. That's, okay, that's not real at all. Okay, but that's who you're talking about. That's Deadshot's yeah. baby's mom. Sportsmaster. Yeah. Sportsmaster. Sure. Yes. Now is that NFL Super Pro's cousin by chance? Yes, it is. Okay, actually. I was just checking on that. Yeah, Paul, that was a deep cut. I went 1992 NFL Super Pro. 
Marvel Comics. Not on the you. first time we've talked about Super Pro on this podcast. That's because we're a comic book podcast. Damn it. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for Suicide Squad. I, I like this cast. I think it looks like it's going in the right direction. Yeah. Well, the point I was trying to make is that I don't know the actual characters from the comic books well enough to have really like a strong. I don't even want to say an informed opinion, but a strong opinion. And or the actors themselves. Like, like the, you don't have a favorite Deadshot story. Exactly. I don't, or I don't have a favorite pick an actor in this. Like, yeah, I know who Tom Hardy is, but he's playing Whoa, a character you, that I don't know. I'm sure you like bad boys. What? What you gonna do? Really? No? Wait. No, Will Smith? Oh, or, yeah, or yeah, yeah. It's okay. Mike Lowry. I don't know if I've ever seen it all the way through. For real? Yeah. Bad Boys. Awesome. Jesus. Both of them. Are they really good? Yeah. Yeah. The second one drops off when they go to Cuba and do all that shit or whatever. But yeah, but it's still. It, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Would I like it? Ah, uh, you might like the first one. Okay. I just watched the first one uh, not too long ago. It makes me oh, miss up. Martin Lawrence. It does hold up. Yeah. Did he die, Martin Lawrence? No, he went no, he's crazy. Just, he's in just not movie. in anything now. Well, yeah. he's in Partners on FX with, with uh, Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer. Which is pretty stand-up, like straight-up sitcom. And I watched a couple episodes. I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know about this. But then it started to find itself a little bit. And those you could tell those two started to get, to get more comfortable playing yeah. off each other. And those two together were really funny. I, um, it may have gotten canceled already. <laughs> well, that's surprising that you don't have a favorite Will Smith movie. Oh, uh, well, it's done a lot of stuff. Oh man, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, okay, kind of. I like Independence Day. You know? Yeah, that's a good one. It really isn't, but you uh, don't like Independence Day. Uh, I thought it was fucking one. incredible when I was like fifteen. But you don't old. like it now. No, God, well, not really. I don't think uh, it holds up very. It, I find it entertaining for other reasons than I fell in love with it when I was fifteen. When I first saw it when I was fifteen, I can remember being at the theater, and and the place was packed. It was opening night, and there was a buzz to right. this movie. Huge movie. Up, up up until that time, the likes of which I had never yeah. known. Like going into it. For me, the buzz for it was like bigger than like Batman '89. It was bigger than uh, the the summer before. Maybe it was the same summer, like Twister. You know what movie had a lot of buzz that I remember? The first Ninja Turtles movie. I felt was like that. Like people were amped in the theater. Were they? I remember going to the theater to see that. My whole family went, and we had to we had to buy tickets, go to dinner, and then come back because. We couldn't buy any tickets for like the, the, yeah, the, and just the theater was just packed and buzzing and that's how Ninja Turtles was for, for me at least. I I actually don't even remember seeing that theater. Yeah. But. Men in Black? You didn't like Men in Black? The first one was so good. Nah. Oh man, I love the first Men in Black. Second one, not so good. He's in a lot of shitty movies like Wild Wild West. That's shitty. was kind of shitty. Um, Hancock was okay. I it thought iRobot was worse. I, I Am Legend wasn't Robot very good. Was okay. Hitch was really good. Hitch was really good. Seven Pounds was really good. I never saw that. See, I thought Hitch was kind of bad, except for when his face swelled up and he was trying to drink Benadryl or something <laughs> out of the bottle with that giant lip. 
Enemy of the State was pretty good. I didn't see that. Ali, as you mentioned before, yeah, was, was great. Pretty good. But anyway, this isn't the uh, the Will Smith podcast. This is the Mixos comic book podcast. One episode of Blossom. I want to talk about. I want to talk about really? something other than what we talked about in the fake episode eighty five, and I want to move on. The to practice episode. The pra- the warm up episode. I want to talk about the DC cancellations. There's like fifteen books or sixteen books that DC is canceling. Uh, by when is it? Like, I'm really excited about this. <laughs> when when do all these cancellations happen, Paul? Um, in March. Uh, so we got three more months of certain titles. Certain titles that have been around since the new Fifty Two yeah, launched. Thirteen ongoings. Now this isn't something that's new for DC. They've been pretty good at trimming the fat and canceling titles. That's true, but they've never done it on this scale since okay. the new 52 star. Yeah, Actually, they've, they've plucked a, a you know, couple books here, a couple books there. Yeah. Um, but this is a pretty big cut of the new 52 line. I have yet to hear this, so do you guys have a list? Run down the list. It, it all coincides with the Convergence event. Because they're doing the big Convergence thing in April and May. What's Convergence? Convergence is DC's Secret Wars. Okay. Uh, Brainiac takes all these different stories that you've known and loved over the years, like, you know, the old 52 universe and then the... Um, Red Sun universe. The, the Red Sun universe, Batman uh, by Gaslight or whatever. All these different Elseworlds DC books. Um, they're like the old Perez and Wolfman, New Teen Titans, along with, um, like, the Shazam stuff where... Tawny Tiger was part of the universe. You know, Matt, you're a Shazam guy, the talking tiger. But all, all the different Elseworlds things, all the classic stories yeah. that we know and so love. So Brainiac takes each of these each of these things, puts them all on one world, which sounds like the world is gonna be called Telos, and then unleashes all the all the bottles that they're in, because he essentially captures them all like the bottle city of Candor. Then he unleashes all the domes and everyone fights. And out of this is going to, what we think it's going to be the new, whatever the DC universe is going to be after that. Can we vote on who this wins? Is, I don't think so. Damn. This is going to be some Crisis on Infinite Earths event where all this shit happens. You see all these heroes from all these different timelines in one place. And it will affect the main Earth. And at the end, it will be different. And that's what now, we'll get coming out of it. Have we heard anything from, like, Jim Lee or any of the main creative forces at DC as to like why they're doing this has there been any kind of concession like hey the new 52 in certain ways hasn't been as well received as we wanted it to be it's been all we have a really cool story to tell so we're gonna tell it and if it fucks up the universe after this I guess it fucks it up isn't that like such a shame that these, these these companies have gotten so fucking big that they're they're politicians basically now that are in charge like we were looking at trading cards from 1992 with pictures of a young jim lee when he was this hot like great artist and and everyone wanted his comic books and now when he talks his he's like a fucking lawyer and by and by politician and lawyer jim lee you mean like they do know you know what? We need to shake this up again. Right. But when they present it, it's all presented like, we've got a great story t- for you. We're bringing this to you. Right. They're telling the company line to the point where they're they're just 
they're shells of real people. Yeah, but really, it's, all their words are hollow. Yeah, but really, it's absolutely you know it's time for another company shakeup. You know, boost the bottom line. People we're aren't gonna, as we're happy with the characters and the way that the stories are going as we thought they may have been. Right. Although I feel like if you get Jim Lee like on a Kevin Smith podcast, you might get something a little more candid out of him. But as far as like those public statements are concerned, it's a shame because I, I don't think the comic book community is really the. I don't. I don't think you need to placate comic book fans. I think exactly that's what I I'm think saying. Joe Casada and Dan DiDio, Jim Lee can all come out to the comic book community and be like, "Hey, we know you don't like the Superman costume, so." You know, we're going to try to shake some things up, do some different things, and see what we can do about that. And comic, I think comic fans would applaud. Like, They're, they yeah. don't need to come out and, you know, pretend it's this great... Just It's just a great big epic, epic event. It's all about the story. It's not. We hate stuff, and you know we hate stuff, and you need to find a way to change it. There was Is it some ego kind of thing where <laughs> we, don't, we don't want to be looking like we're bowing to the internet and twitter no, hate that that bubbles up from time no, to time because when, even when that stuff happens like with the the latest batgirl controversy with the transgender character and transgender <coughs> fans are all in arms and the creators of the book released a statement saying hey we didn't mean for it to be taken this way we apologize so comic creators and companies will come out and do that but with such a big sweeping change like the new 52 and making all these huge decisions and big changes a big company like dc can't come out and say hey we screwed up well i feel like they like can't we, can, because... we can come out and say yeah we fucked up that last episode that's right. why you didn't get one last right. week but but we're not dc i think one of the biggest issues for that is because of the competition because marvel and dc are it's like politics in a way it's like republicans and democrats every little like tiny little mess up the other side's gonna jump all over and, and like find a way to spin it to make it a horrible thing and in the end they're both doing just like republicans and democrats they're all doing the same kind of things only with a different slant marvel and dc are doing the exact same things yep yep so 13 books are getting canceled most of these books i'm like I don't know why this wasn't canceled before now. And only a couple of my surprise are getting cut. Uh, Aquaman and the others. It's only been around for, I think, maybe a year? eight issues. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, eight, 12 issues, something like that. Cut it, fine. Aquaman doesn't need two How books. long were you reading that? One arc. Six issues? Six issues. It was fine. I think if... I think if I had unlimited funds, I probably would have kept getting it. I remember when you first said you were reading it, you, you held it up like during the book club and you're like, oh, I was reading this. And and I thought it was like almost a joke yeah. that comic book even Well, existed. even the name that that team was called, The Others. Yeah, just a horrible title and, and team name or whatever. Is it a team? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And they're, like, team name. and they're they're kind of a cool team, and they're cool characters that populate the greater tapestry of the DC universe. But you know? they don't need their own title. Right. They can fit real seamlessly into right. Aquaman proper. You know those You know those guys are out there? You right. want to bring them into an Aquaman book? You want to stumble across them in some other team-up book? Cool. They don't need their own book. That's they're not cool. that interesting. It's clearly Jeff Johns saying, 
I enjoy writing this, well, this these they're, characters. They're his creation. Yeah, I enjoy writing these characters. Look how well Aquaman's doing, and people are respecting him because of what I've done with him. Let me let me boost these other characters. Give me this book. Well, he, to didn't, write. he didn't write it. Oh, he didn't. It was Dan Jurgens. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it was a good thought. You know, no, but like you're my uh, my thought is uh, flushed down the toilet. No, but you're you're the first part of that's still there, where Jeff Johns is like, hey, I thought he wrote this it. is some good yeah. stuff. People like these characters, so hey, Dan Jurgens, why don't you do this? And it wasn't bad. It was just okay. If I had unlimited funds, maybe I would still be getting it. Okay. But book one, Aquaman and the others, out of here, not surprised. Infinity Man and the Forever People. That exists? Why does that exist? You know why? Because Dan DiDio has a boner for all those old, shitty-ass Jack Kirby characters. They are terrible. Can I get another beer, buddy, while you're up? That's what I was going to do, buddy. So, like, Infinity Man and the Forever People was clearly just a love child of Dan DiDio's. He wanted to write those okay. characters and get it out there. That's out of here because no one's fucking buying it. Book number three, what is what is it? Clarion. Now that's Are a either town you in Pennsylvania. Clarion? Clarion, the, Clarion the witch boy? No. no I thought it was a Oh, with a K, right? Yeah. yeah. Clarion with a K. That had really nice artwork in it. I don't know this. I never picked it up because Clarion shouldn't have his own fucking book. Oh, okay. He's, he was in a, a few episodes of the animated series, and he's... What animated series? Batman the Animated Series. Okay. Because you just said the animated well, series. come on. There, uh, I'm come, sorry, I forgot. There's on. only one did animated you think series. I, did you think I meant X-Men? <laughs> <laughs> you knew what the fuck I meant. I, I really didn't, but that's really funny. Really? Yeah. When I say, when I say the animated series... What did you think I, I think meant? you can make that jump, especially here that we're talking about Batman. You're right. Well, we weren't talking about Batman. Um, he just said Clarion. There was no Batman lead up to it. I think out of context, if you just if you say had, the animated series, that's Batman. No, if you had said the animated series, <laughs> I would have known. But you said the animated series. Like, I missed I, the That's first right. Part. He's totally right. You didn't put the right in All right, Flash. Emphasis. All right. On the syllable. All right. So right. anyway, what what was what was he? The in? witch boy is that the he, same witch boy character from Young Justice that like? Uh, yeah, he okay. has a he has a cat with him. Right. His hair goes up in like horns. Okay, I do know this character. I, I never looked at any of the um, solicitations for this book. I just know the character. I don't know why. I guess they're trying to push the some of the magic characters and do some of that stuff. Right. I don't think Clarion is your best vote for that. So he's out. Fourth book, Secret Origins. I don't even know what the fuck that is. I can't believe any of these books existed. And, and these books all made up the greater <laughs> 52 titles that DC right. puts Because when the new 52 started, I was like legitimately, at least peripherally, interested in pretty much everything. I was like, yeah, I gotta check it all out. But when you say shit like Secret Origins, I'm like, fuck that. Yeah, like, they're really scrambling for titles. Yeah, like, I mean... DC has yet, a whole stable of really great, interesting characters. They're no like, Clarion! title, right? Yeah. But we got fucking Clarion and Secret Origin, but... And two Aquaman it. books. Yeah, holy crap. Haven't they yeah, learned I anything think, from um, Marvel, like, oversaturating a character with too many books? And they always do it around the time a movie comes out, right? How many titles does fucking Guardians of the Galaxy have now? Like, 15. And it's killing sales. I think they just have one. No, they don't. 
Does it, does Rocket have his own title? Rocket, Star Lord, and Friends, or it, something. And then the regular Guardians title. Right? Uh, what, the two um, Guardians titles? I don't. I really don't. No, know. there's own there's a Star Lord ongoing and Guardians of the Galaxy. I think there's also a Rocket and Groot. Yeah, there's definitely a Rocket. Uh, so, Secret Origins is what it is. I guess it's the Secret Origins of. I guess they're more. They're more in-depth uh, stories of people's origins. Okay. Dumb. We don't need it. Get it out of here. That that seems That's like such a, a poor monthly title. It's you know? such like, a reach. Like, yeah. why? You only have 52 titles that you have to put out Can't there. Can I just go to Wikipedia for that shit? Like, you have just tons of interesting yeah, so, characters. So you're going you're gonna to make fucking secret origins, but you're not going to have a Brave and the Bold. Right. That's a fucking surefire book. Different writers, different creators on it, different writers, different artists on it. Make it fucking Batman with a different character all the time. Everyone loves Batman. Everyone will tune in for Batman. So then you get to see Deadshot. Then you get to see Clarion. Then you get to see the others. That's what Brave and the Bold is for. Book five. Batman and someone else. Book five, Star Spangled War Stories featuring G.I. Zombie. Oof. Come on, DC. How is this being canceled? That's why you're fucking second. Because you have books like that. Who is in charge of this shit? Who the fuck knows? I don't even know what that is. I, I guess it's War Stories featuring a zombie fucking G.I. Joe. When the New 52 started, they had a book called uh, Men of War, I believe, mm -hmm. right? And that was their war title. Which I think is kind of cool because that's like a, a mainstay through comics going all the way back to the probably the 30s. War comics. And to see that somebody's still producing modern versions of it with modern art and everything, I think that's cool. But like, but no one wants it. Like it, it's and cool. They, and they also but have. No one's buying. And they did also you had. Buy of War? I, I no, bought a you couple. Didn't. Did you buy Star Spangled War Stories no, featuring GI Zombie? No, I didn't. That's the no. Worst. Which is why it's getting canceled. Book number six, Trinity of Sin, spinning out of. The new 52 list. How did these books get made? This is the worst list. Ah. Yeah, this is why they're fucking terrible. Trinity, Trinity of Sin spun out of the Flashpoint New 52 origin because the character Pandora appeared in all the fi right, right. New 52 number right, right. ones. It's her, Phantom Stranger, and I think the question. Those were the original three sinners that get sent to purgatory or Do we something. think that the question can have her own book? Like, that well, would be alright, right? This was old dude question, Vic oh. Sage. But, he yeah, could, if... Yeah, Renee he Mont could even have his own yeah, book. Yeah, Renee Montoya question right. could absolutely have her own book. But this Trinity of Sin weird deal, I think this was another Dan DiDio fanboy love thing. Like, he really loved Phantom Stranger, so he wanted him to be a bigger part of the DCU. He's a fucking E-list character at best. He's like the fucking Watcher. He shows up when some big shit's going on, spouts some cryptic shit, and then disappears. He's not hes not a lead character. So Trinity of Sin, get it out of here. Book 7, World's Finest. The Power Girl Huntress Earth 2 team-up book. So not really World's Finest. No, not at all. Second World's third finest mm, kind of good 
<laughs> Second World's kind of good. Second World. If they would have just re- like named it appropriately, it might have sold great. Yeah, but this and, bait and switch shit. But and I like Second World. If you want if you're gonna do World's Finest and you want to be like, all right, let's change it up. Let's have two female lead characters. Make it Supergirl and Batgirl. What the fuck? Come on, DC. No yeah, one gives a shit about Power too. Girl and the Huntress. Earth Two Huntress. Yeah. No one fucking cares, which is why it's canceled. Book number eight, Arkham Manor. Didn't that just start? Just started. Uh, Rave reviews. In, in con- no, Gotham Academy got oh. rave reviews. Well, for me it did at least. No, because I think no, Gotham, Gotham Academy is people have like been, shit. What is this again? Arkham? Arkham Manor. Okay. Isn't that with uh, Ben Templesmith doing the artwork on it? I don't think it's Ben Templesmith, but it's like... Ben Templesmith, I think it's real gritty like that. But I guess in the I current, think it, is him, then. it might be. I'm not sure. And the I never got it. In the current Batman continuity, Arkham Asylum gets destroyed or something. So Bruce Wayne says, "We still need to hold these people somewhere. We'll put them in Wayne Manor." Terrible great, idea. Great idea, Bruce. Terrible you idea. Numbskull. And that may have been Scott Snyder's brainchild. Everyone's fucking, you know, super writer Scott Scott Snyder. And that forces Bruce Wayne to have to operate out of a fucking condo in downtown Gotham. That's not Batman. I don't need, I don't want to see him at the condo downtown with fucking hot stuff Pennyworth working the computers, Alfred's sexy African daughter. I don't want that. I want old crusty British Alfred. I, I want to clarify. Ben Templesmith did some of the pencils him and Juan Jose Rip and he also did some of the inks I believe it's Rip colored it and did the Rip color. so yeah he's he's heavily involved or was how'd that go Rip Juan Jose Rip I can't throw my R's oh it's, it's so, so gentle uh, Arkham Manor Okay. Just I, I think it's a dumb concept. The, I'm not... the, the little summary says, Strange doings are afoot in Gotham City, but Jim Corrigan and his fellow members of the GCPD late shift are on the case, no matter how mysterious or magical it may be. The late shift. I'm not feeling it. Uh, Actually, it doesn't sound all that disinteresting to me. Like, makes me sad. Cause, like, canceled. If you said, yeah, it's really picking up steam and people are loving it, and then I just read that, I would have been like, I'm going to check that out next time I go to the Well, that, so- that sounds better than what I had previously known about it, which was just they're turning Wayne Manor into Arkham Asylum. Yeah, that's what it had, the way it had been described to me, too, and I, that's yeah. why I was turned off. I, I am surprised that they're bailing on it so quick. Yeah. Because I think this debuted the week... Gotham Academy did so it's only like four issues old right? it's surprising that they would get rid of it so November quick, yeah. 26th wow and they're like yeah it selling cut it cut it Gotham Academy predates that by over a month I think I thought when you guys were saying that they're canceling all these books I thought it was gonna be anybody any type of book that I would recognize anything from but all these books I barely know anything about so it's it's probably good that DC is making these cancellations. I mean, at this point, you know, can can Martian Manhunter get a book? Can we get so, some Blue Beetle books? Well, book number nine, which is kind of a surprise to me, Batwoman. Woman. Lesbian. Diversity. Bat. Bat. Money. Yeah. And, like, it's it's still going to be living off of that, all that Freddie Williams the second hype. 
That shit was right. awesome, though. Like, did you ever read any of that Batwoman stuff? No. Really, really Freddy good. Freddie Freddy Williams. Freddie Williams. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's a that's a book. That's a character that I think has enough clout these days to carry an ongoing book. I'm kind of yeah. surprised they're they're canceling that one. Um, these next three: Green Lantern Corps, Green Lantern New Guardians, and Red Lanterns. Red Lanterns should have never been a book in the first place. This book lasted fucking three years longer than it should have. It was one of the launch books for the New 52, right? Yeah. The, the, all, all, all three of these books were. Uh, Green Lantern, New Guardians, same thing. Whenever the New 52 was brought into fruition, it's when Green Lantern was at its peak. Jeff Jones was rolling on Green Lantern. The movie couldn't even sync this comic book. So, New 52 came out and they were like, yeah, yeah, all this Green Lantern shit. Red Lantern's a terrible idea. Castrated who the Red Lanterns were supposed to be. Uh, New Guardians, Kyle Rayner book. Can we just get rid of Kyle Rayner? Nobody really likes Kyle Rayner. He's boring as shit. Do you like Kyle Rayner, Matt? Why are you looking at me apologetically? Because you were looking at me like... I like Kyle Rayner. Well, no, because I thought everybody fucking loved Kyle Rayner. Like, back in the late 90s when he was the Green Lantern, everyone loved Kyle Rayner. I think... I don't, has something happened in the last 15 years where the, he sucks? Well, no. Really, people do love Kyle Rayner, just like they love Wally West. Probably not as much as they love Wally West, but there's a faction of fans that would riot if you got rid of Kyle Rayner. But... Like, Kyle is... He's expendable. You know, John's the black guy. Can't get rid of him. Damn straight. Guy Gardner has Red hair his own personality. Like, Guy Red. Gardner is an interesting guy all by himself. Hal Jordan's the Green Lantern. What's Kyle Rayner, the other white guy? He's not... He doesn't even, he doesn't even have an interesting personality. Kyle Rayner is Ben Riley. Yeah, Kyle Rayner's just fucking boring and like they keep trying to do Kyle Rayner stuff with Jean Paul Valley. they made him ooh, ooh. see where I'm going there yikes they try to make him eye on the the living embodiment of the Green Lantern Corps they try to make him the White Lantern you know they've, they've given him the power of all the rings give him all the fucking power you want make him God he's still boring maybe <laughs> it's time to kill Kyle Rayner so they're getting rid of New Guardians fine getting rid of Green Lantern Corps all the Green Lantern books suck right now, by the way. The whole thing that they're doing, the whole creative team... Are you still getting any of them? Or? No, I'm not getting any Green Lantern books. I haven't got any Good Green Lantern you, books for the last few months. Yeah. Um, they're doing this big tie-in with the New Gods. I hate the New Gods, so... like, Does anybody like the New Gods? Dan DiDio. And I guess a lot of people like the New Gods because Jack Kirby is such... A comic book icon. They're like, well, Jack Kirby created it. It must be good. Do you think that um, that it's all old people that grew up with Jack Kirby comics that like that? Because I, I don't know many younger people that didn't grow up with it that can look back and say, those are really good comics. I think we can all recognize the impact and the significance that he had. But I don't necessarily think we can look back and be like, those are incredible comic books. Well, I, th- I think... <clears throat> I think water is finding its own level because Darkseid is still a relevant villain. Um, you still see Orion on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. 
but Infinity Man and the Forever People getting canceled. I, I'm not necessarily talking about characters he created because there's a ton on even more on the Marvel side that are probably even more relevant, especially right. like within pop culture. But I think what I'm saying are like specific comic books that you can read and just be like, this artwork is freaking incredible. Does it hold yeah. up or, or not? I don't think it that it does. Matt, I think you no. would be the champion for this argument. Well, I think maybe I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit, but um, I've never been a huge Jack Kirby guy like that. He's always been kind of like, you know, doing stories about different dimensions and things like that. Uh, maybe some time travel-y kind of things, a lot of space and cosmic. That's never been my bag. You know what I mean? Like, I've always... That's why I always liked, you know, what Romita was doing in Spider-Man versus what Jack Kirby's doing in space. Um, and I, I just don't know. I, I'm not sure that... Even looking back, Jack Kirby's stuff isn't my favorite, like, old-timey stuff. You know, like, like I said, I'll take John Romita Sr. over Jack Kirby any any day. Recently on Newsarama, there was a top ten list of Marvel comic books. And there are a few Jack Kirby things on there. Yeah, but um, stuff like Fantastic Four is different than... But, like, is that... what I looked at that list, and I, I said to myself, like, well... Sure, some of these are groundbreaking events back then, but uh, do they do they hold up now? Like, I don't think the coming of Galactus is a story that people now would probably read and and think is one of the top stories. Uh, Secret Wars, the the you know the Secret Wars from the eighties, is that Jack something that, that no he didn't? I'm just saying that old comic book stories. Oh, like, do any of those things still hold up? against today's standard and Jack Kirby all of his work he was so prolific that he has so much out there but I'm not sure any of it really stands up his creations maybe the the ground uh, floor of ideas but the stories the actual execution of the comic books probably not doesn't hold up yeah I'm not sure that it does too I mean I'm but I'm not sure that it doesn't I'm kind of like... Well, look, that's what I'm supposed to be saying. <laughs> well, like I said, water is finding its own level. There are certain properties and concepts of his that are still big parts of stories today. They're still <laughs> relevant. People are still excited to see it. And then there's other stuff that has just fallen away into obscurity or is on its way into obscurity. Like, I think DC keeps pushing the New God stuff because it's one of their properties. They own it. If they don't do New Gods, they're going to lose it. It's not. It's maybe not something like Darkhawk, <laughs> but it's a property that it's still popular enough that they can keep using Apocalypse, cool planet, Darkseid's really cool, but a lot of that other stuff is just so fucking goofy. So Green Lantern is crossing over with all that silliness right now, and even Batman and Robin, one of my favorite titles, is on Apocalypse now with all those fucking... Jack Kirby, new god horrible characters, and I like I I've never understood the draw of any of those characters but Darkseid. Hmm. So the Green Lantern books are bad right now. They're getting rid of three of them. I think it's great. I hope it's 
a port. I hope it's. I hope it portends that after convergence, Green Lantern is going to get a new creative team. I think it might because Jeff Johns has said Hal Jordan's coming back to the main Justice League book. And holy fuck, is it time for Hal Jordan to come back to Earth? Show me some Hal Jordan on Earth stories. Is he going to be an asshole in the Justice League book, like he was? I don't. Th- in I don't the first storyline. <laughs> I don't think so. That was almost like all-star Batman bad, the way that they wrote. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And I, I, I understood what Jeff Johns was trying to do with it, but he took it too far. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last book DC's canceling is Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Wow, we Which got is, 13 books already? Yep. Swamp yeah. Thing has fallen off considerably since well, it I came out. I haven't read it since... Snyder left it, although I heard the his uh, successor was actually quite good. Yeah, it was Snyder, and then it was terrible for two or three issues, and then Charles Soule got on it, Okay, and then it picked up again, and that's when you started to hear buzz about it. And I really felt like, um, I think we all agree that it lost steam whenever it had to do the crossover with Animal Man for that a few a months. So I think a lot potential. of people dropped off. Why would they cancel Animal Man? I mean, they, they ended that, like, nine months ago or maybe more. Wasn't that, like, doing super, super well? Couldn't that have kept going? Yeah, but Animal Man, Jeff Lemire quit that on his own terms. He was like, this is this is the end of my story. I'm done. I don't want this. Um, he, like, he wanted to cancel the book. He didn't want someone else picking it up after that. Right. So DC was like, all right. It's kind of crazy that DC had a hot property on their hands, and they just let it be canceled instead of trying to find somebody else to carry on the mantle. You would think that, yeah, that DC would have been like, yeah, we understand that you want this book to end, but Fuck you. it's making too much money. Well, I don't think by the end it was making too much money because I think the crossover with Swamp Thing hurt it too. Mm. And because I was getting both of those books, I got all those crossover issues, and they were rough. But Animal Man picked up. Like, I dropped Swamp Thing after that, but it kept getting Animal Man until the end. And holy shit, did it get better again. As soon as that crossover was over. I don't know why Jeff Lemire didn't stay on that book. And then he went off to do Justice League United, and it's too big for him. Jeff Lemire, you're good at down home, little small character stuff. Get out of space. It's too big for you, buddy. It almost sounded like you're saying outer space like a Bostonian. Outer space? Outer space. It's a shame that the companies don't see that all these crossovers, they're they're not doing right by the fans. We don't really want them. We don't need crossovers. That's not fun anymore. It interrupts the storylines that we want to see. It's not that we don't like crossovers, but there's a crossover more often than there's an actual just regular like main plot through the the main title. Um, it's like two regular issues and then six issues of crossovers. Yeah. Then one or two regular issues. Oh, another crossover. It's too fucking much. Make the crossovers feel special. Like, make them rare. Make them a year and only for like two issues or something yeah every fucking issue like let the story just be the story none of the big companies are capable of that anymore well that's why I'm losing more and more interest with both of these I feel like back when crossovers were a big deal it was so it was so weird to see other people on someone else's book like it just didn't happen all that often 
But now, like, these worlds are built on the... These worlds are built on that continuity. I think and the, the part of having, you know, this whole world that we've built with all these characters populating it, that's part of the thing. Like, if you read a regular Batman book and you don't see some other character in it, it's then it's weird. Like, we don't need big big crossovers anymore. Like, everyone's in everyone's book already in it. The thing that was special about it, too, was you had longtime creators on, on these books. So you always got to see the same characters in each book drawn by the same you know the the same penciler same art team was always on this book for years and years and years and then it was weird to see Jim Lee draw the new mutants it was exciting to see them in an uncanny x-men title or to see Rob Liefeld draw Cyclops he never did because Cyclops wasn't in the new mutants and it was exciting to see that because you were never used to to seeing these artists draw different different characters but now that you don't have the same creative teams on books for a long period of time it's just like oh well this is the this is the new art team and this is the new book and this here you go you know it's funny it's, it's the, not anything different or special the idea of crossovers like characters in different books is almost a lost art form cuz wasn't it um I don't know, maybe like 20 years ago when you would get like a character that would cross over into another title in part one and then in the other, in part two, the the other characters cross over into the first character's book and then you would get both and then you would be done with the story. When they do like this character's in this guy's book and this character's in that guy's book, now it's like 17 fucking issues. Yeah. It's not just like a two-parter or something. It's like, it, it's a commitment to... Yeah, and that's part of the problem with this Godhead story in, in Green Lantern, because it's in Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, Green Lantern, New Guardians, Red Lanterns, and Sinestro. Just listening to you list them, I'm losing interest. That's five different titles that each get two issues of itself for this story. That's too fucking big. It's horrible. They're just so greedy. It's really, really disappointing to see that, you know, they, they can't do right by the fans and just trim it back a little bit, one or two issues here and there. Well, I, I think it, you know, I, I think it's also a lot of good intentions. I'm sure the Green Lantern team went into their, their editor's office and they were like, hey, check this story out. Like, we want to do this, and they lay this out, and I'm sure in the pitch meeting it sounds great. But then when they start laying it out and you have to start laying out all the minutia and all the details and then it breaks down into all these books, then like all that excitement about this initial idea gets distilled over ten parts and it's just not it's just not as exciting. Or do you think that it's even editorial coming down and saying, We need we need this kind of a story, so you go and figure something out. Where it's not an organic, like, hey, we thought this up, we thought this would be cool. It's it's a mandate from up above. I think that's more from likely. All, well, from all that I've gleaned from everything Robert Venditti and Van Jensen, the two main lead Green Lantern writers, have said, like, all this has come very organically from what they've wanted to do, and they've presented all this stuff. So, like, I, I think DC was like, yeah, that sounds like a cool idea. Let's go for it. And I think Dom, I think Dom's enjoying it. Like, I think I'm in the, I'm in the minority. Like, people still love New God shit and seeing all the Green Lanterns and all the, all the other Colored Lantern cores as well fighting the New Gods. 
that must appeal to some people. How is it doing? Have you looked at the sales? Do you know if it's doing good? I have or? no idea. I like that DC is trimming the fat here, but unfortunately it just means after convergence, there's going to be more books. Do you have faith that the new books that are going to be taking the place of these books are, are going to be a, a little more centered around things that you as a fan want to see? It depends what the DC landscape looks like coming out of Convergence. If they're going to go back to some of the old 52 stuff, if they're going to kind of mash them all together, if I'm going to get Superman and with the underpants on the outside. But if they're just like, if they're going to give me a Tim Drake book, but it's going to be Red Robin from the new 52 universe, I don't want it. But if they give me a Robin Tim Drake book from the pre-new 52, buy it in a heartbeat. I don't even need to think about it. What do you think? What I, I know that we talked for a whole episode about this, but which way are you leaning? What do you think they're going to give you? I think it's going to be uh, just a slightly different version of the new 52. I think it's going to yeah. be the same. See, this Superman is the perfect opportunity Robin. for them to give you exactly what you want. I'm surprised there's not going to be a Swamp Thing book. They have to be rolling that into something else. They're or saving a relaunch it for something. or something. Maybe Snyder's going to come back to it after they figure out how this whole th- thing shakes out. I expect a, um, I expect a cyborg ongoing. He's the only Justice League character that doesn't have his own book. Um, I would be surprised if there wasn't a Shazam book coming out of this. There's got to be. It's been... They've done enough with the character with the new 52 and yet haven't given him a book proper. I I just feel like that's some kind of missed opportunity, especially now that there's a movie on the horizon. People are starting to talk about that character. Of course, who the fuck's going to play him? And, and, you know, we're like, yeah, well, you know, Cyborg, I mean, I like it, but it's a no-brainer. Same with Shazam. Maybe try a Martian Manhunter book again. But what we're going to get... In this new rollout, they're going to make something like Kongorilla. <laughs> You're going to be like, what the fuck, DC? They're going to have an- another book. It's going to last six issues before it gets canceled. They have such an opportunity to do something that the fans really enjoy. They're picking and choosing from the fans' favorite versions of these characters. There's almost no reason for them to fall on their face with this. Give us, give the people what they fucking want. Yeah, your your love affair with, um, you know, 50s-style superhero godlike characters and, and, you know, crap like that, It's it failed. It's time to yeah. try to, you know, yeah, like assess the market. Omac the, should not have been in the new 52 launch. Right. It's time to assess the, you know, your audience a little bit more accurately. You know, like I... This many failed books, to me, makes me think maybe you're not doing a very good job. What's it? And it's the fact that these books, when you bring up the titles of these books, it's nothing recognizable. What are the surprising successes that DC has? I mean, we all know Batman and all of whatever spinoffs Animal are going to do well. surprising success. But that's done. What, what's right now, what is going on that, wow, this is really doing well. I didn't think that was going to happen. Of the main superhero line? Yeah. If you can't name any, I don't think you're doing a good job at all. Well, because the the stuff I, I feel like that's a tangible way to gauge... Because the stuff that's good isn't a surprise. 
Batman's good. That's my point. Justice League's good. That's anyone can anyone can be editor in chief of a comic of DC Comics and Batman will be successful. Superman right. but no one's like, might be successful. But no one's like, man, Dead Man is a really good book. Right. De- does Dead Man have his own book? Maybe no, that's somewhere in, that they need to look. He's in Justice League Dark. Yeah. He was in that um when New Fifty Two launched, what was it like DC Presents or something? Well, he was in Justice League Dark. No, I mean, he wasn't no, Justice yeah, League he Dark. Was also there was some kind of else. team up, not a team up thing, or maybe it was. Uh, Paul Jenkins was writing it. I, I know we were talking about. It. I I forget what it was called. Fans, write in. Let us know on Facebook whenever you give us a like. But like you know, they. I feel like every bad decision that comes through, um, I look at Dan DeDio and I'm like, I know, I know you did this. I know this was your idea. Do you want to roll up a newspaper and hit him on the nose with it? Do you you feel like... You have fans clamoring since the new 52 for Wally West and Donna Troy. Just make a Wally West book that's really Wally West, not this new 52 imposter. Make a Donna Troy book. This is a perfect opportunity for them to do all of those things. Make, Make a Nightwing book and make it Nightwing. Don't make it fucking Grayson, where he's a DCU super. What spy. are they doing? You know, I was looking at that the other like couple weeks ago. Um, I was looking at like all of the issues because they're all on the shelf because nobody's buying it, and it is a really good looking book. Though. It is. I, I gotta tell oh, you. Oh, because um, who's doing the art on it? It's what's his face that was doing Justice League Dark for a long time, Michael Janin. Michael Janin. That's that right. dude can draw his ass. Why? Off. But. Uh, Maybe maybe that's Didio. He's thinking, you know, I'm going to put this great talent on a slightly lesser book. I feel like the artists well. pick these books. Oh. Like they go out of their way and they're like, "Let me do this this side project book that's not going to get a lot of hype. I'm not going to do Batman. I'm not going to do Superman. I'm going to do I'm not even going to do fucking Nightwing. I'm going to do Grayson." Michael Janna needs to be on a high-profile book, not something dumb like Grayson. What would you put him on? I yep. would put him on... You know what I'd put him on? What'd you put him on? I'd put him on Shazam. Oh, that would be fantastic. I would title it The Fantastic Shazam. No, it's not a Marvel comic. It would just be Shazam. He could probably do a sweet Batwoman if they weren't canceling it. I'd put him on Green Lantern. He's got a slightly he more do cartoony anything, look, and I, whenever I think Batwoman, I think more... Cartoony. You think he has cartoony? No, you think of the polished, the really for Batwoman. For Batwoman, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Michael Jan has got a slightly cartoonier style. I would say a little. I feel like a little Amanda Connor in there. Maybe not quite as cartoony. Books that aren't getting canceled. Why is Red Hood and the Outlaws still a book? People love that shit. Why does Lobo have his own book? Well, they're giving it a chance, I guess. Lobo. I read the first two issues. I I thought that it. It started out okay, and this I can't even remember the this second. This is cartoony. One. Well, dude, that's like it's, sketchbook stuff. Look, look at a finished page. It's cartoonier than like Freddie Williams, the Deuce. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, look at even a, still. Look at I a mean, finished page of Grayson. Yeah. You, you haven't shown me a single Grayson page because I'm just looking at his art in in total. I'm going through different pages that I've seen. And it doesn't look very cartoony at all. So, uh, um, I mean, okay, here I'm we go. Gonna, here you go, some Grayson. 
not how cartoony that is. Matt, I know what you mean. I'm excited about the DC changes. I hope it bodes well for me. I hope coming out of Convergence, I'm going to really like some stuff. I'm sure there's still going to be boner ideas. But um, canceling a lot, a lot of the Green Lantern stuff, fuck yes. I am all in. Well, I think it's probably a good maneuver for them to make these cancellations because they should have never created any of those books that you just mentioned in the first place. They have so many more directions that they could possibly go in. Agreed. DC has great characters. I think that with a little more focus, they might be able to put something together. I think Convergence is, is a great idea. I think that they can pick and choose, like I said before, they can pick and choose whatever fucking characters they want and use it as an excuse to give the fans exactly what they want. Yeah, and I, I, I think we, um, we talked about this before when we were talking about Convergence and Secret Wars. I think, the, I think the comic buying audience, and even if you're a comic book novice and you're not into I, the medium... I think that is... We're gonna we're gonna go all. We're not gonna talk about anything that people can see right now. I think that's a coloring kind of thing that makes that the, a little more vibrant. That now cartoon. that I'm looking at it, 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 you know what? Actually, it's a mix maybe between, and it's quite a mix of like an Amanda Connor and a little bit like McNiven with some of the power. I, I, that's that's exactly who I would go with McNiven. But I wouldn't um, say oh he's like McNiven because he's not. I feel like there's definitely like a cartoonier vibe to it than a McNiven. Just saying. That's fair. That's fair. Paul, I'm so sorry that we completely derailed what you were talking about. No, that's okay. That's okay. You guys had to do bad radio. That's okay. <laughs> so what was your good radio that you're you were gonna do there, Paul? I was just I was just saying that I think the comic buying audience and even the novice comic buying audience is sophisticated enough these days that you can have old fifty two Superman with the underpants on the outside alongside a title featuring new fifty two Superman and people aren't gonna lose their mind wondering why are there two Supermans. I don't even think that you need that second Superman. I think they're probably just going to go straight back to underpants on the outside because that's the version that is more successful and people want. I agree. Like, they're going to get away Who from... Who is clamoring? Like, if you get rid of this current Superman, I will never buy a DC comic like, again. Nobody, nobody likes that new Superman. Nobody. Everybody wants Maybe underpants Jim on the Lee. outside. Maybe think, Jim yeah. The only things that are... If, if, the only things that are going to last are Batman's underwear back on the inside. That'll stay around, and Damian Wayne's coming back. And he's kind of, he's the tail end of the old universe anyway. But, yeah, like, there's, there's nothing from the new 52 that everyone's like, oh, my God, this is the greatest, except for the Animal early Man. Swamp Thing run and Animal Man. And those are things really the idea, easy to fold over. The idea of Justice League Dark is something that I think they should hold on to. The origin story. Constantine of, being in this universe. I mean, yeah. But that's all the, easy stuff to yeah, fold back into. The origin the story of Wonder Woman, I think, is improved from the New yeah. 52 to what it was before. So there are bits and pieces. But it, it's, it's so weird. Like, everything... It feels like everything that was good from the New 52 probably came out of one meeting that they had, one powwow that they had, and they were like, well, what if we did this? Right. What if we did that? It, it was all one, you know, session. Yeah. 
Well, maybe not. I see what you're saying, but um, are you exaggerating when you say that? Or you really think it was just one? No, 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 no. I mean, like, it was all the the foundation of what they did and everything after that. There's nothing that's going to be held on to from that. The problem is it just... I'm not saying, like, it was one email and people were like, good, that's all the good ideas. None of it happened organically. It wasn't any kind of collaborative thing. And when I say collaborative, I mean, like, many, many creators having their characters come together where there were some editors that sort of pieced it all together from there. Instead, it was like, um, I don't know what the DC version of the architects are, but it was like a group of three or what four or five or six fucking people, title. Right? Ugh. And and it was them that were just going to be like, this is what DC is going to be, rather than let a multitude of creators just do what they do. Right on. It, it failed before it even started. That's DC for you. Speaking of creators doing what they do, Matt, why don't you tell us about Peter Jackson? Peter Jackson is a filmmaker. Uh, he made such hits as... The Frighteners. The Frighteners. And that, came, that came off snarky. I really like The Frighteners. I think it's a good movie. I yep. don't remember much about it. Um, however, I love Dead Alive. With the goddamn rat monkey. I was... Yeah, right? And I was a big fan of Dead Alive well before Peter Jackson was a household name. Um, boy, that came off as like... <laughs> I knew who he was. But like, I'm I, glad that you recognized that it came off I that really, way. I really Matt love- doesn't often recognize his own assholeness. <laughs> I didn't... Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> so... I, what, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I saw this when I was a kid and I loved it. It was so funny. Do you, have you guys seen that alive? Multiple times, yes. And and like when it's the goriest movie on the face of the planet. It is, but it's so ridiculous. And and I was laughing so hard at so many parts in that movie because it. I mean, it clearly has a wicked sense of humor. Like, when the priest comes out and he, like, starts kung fu fighting all the zombies and stuff. And he said, what does he say? Do you remember the, the I, quote? I can't quote him. He says, I kick ass for the Lord. And he's just, like, beating the shit out of everyone. And then, of course, he turns into a zombie. He gets big. I remember that, though. I kick ass for the Lord. And he says, I just remember them, accent. like, stepping on the rat monkey's head, just like that extreme close up of just all the pus and the ooze coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Or when when the mom, like, is playing with her bandage on her arm. Oh, it's so and, fucking and the, foul. It goes in the porridge. Goes in the in the custard. Custard. And that makes and it the so... Guy, and the guy eats it. And and you hear the, the spoon clanking off his teeth as he's, like, almost bleeding the spoon. As it's coming out of his mouth and he goes, he goes, rich and creamy, just the way I like it. Oh, God. That's disgusting. But anyway, Peter Jackson more recently, you know, like since the last 25 years has made another film called The Hobbit and I was listening I was telling you earlier Paul I was listening to the radio this morning in the shower and I was telling you that I was getting really agitated in in the shower you were right? yeah you were I was pissed because I was listening to the um, I don't know the local movie reviewer for the newspaper or something and uh, 
I don't even know his name. I don't even want to say his name because he's a two-bit hack based on what he was talking about. He is. You know why? Because he wasn't able to present his opinion in any kind of informed or uh, objective way. It was all just like, it was too long. It wasn't as good as The Lord of the Rings. It was too long. It was too much CGI. Like, th that's the argument. I feel like, do I really need to fucking listen to the radio to get the internet fanboy's perspective on this shit? Which is just like the, the flavor of the month when it comes to critiquing Peter Jackson and the Hobbit films. I'm so tired of all the hatred for these things. I didn't see the new one. But Paul, you saw it. It was good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I liked it better than the second one. Right. And I I like the first one, and I like the second one. Yeah, so I like I'm the sure first I'm, one a lot. I'm sure I'm going to like the third one. And I like the Lord of the Rings movies, but it, it's fashionable to just fucking hate the new versions of shit. It's exactly the same as Star Wars. We hate all the prequels, but we love the originals. We hate The Hobbit, but we love Lord of the Rings. Why do you hate Lord of the... Or why do you hate The Hobbit? Too much CGI. Motherfucker, there's tons of CGI in, in Lord of the Rings. It was too long. Lord of the Rings is fucking long. Watch an extended version of King of the Hill or whatever it's called. Return of the King. It's... It's... King of the Hill? King of the... <laughs> King of the Hill. Bobby, damn it. That would have been a different movie, but... In, in King of the Hill, it's... If you watch the extended version, it's like four and a half hours long. <laughs> Could you imagine a four and a half hour version of King of the Hill? I would be so into that. That'd would you? Be great. Oh, I like King of the Hill. I have never watched a full episode. Really? Really good. Neither. Really good. I don't think you can compare the what? Hobbit prequels with the Star Wars prequels. I just did. They're such. They're such. Well, a lot of people are, but they're such different beasts. Like I don't think it's an accurate comparison. Well. I I'm just saying sort of the way that they're critiqued is, is a similar thing. You know, I, I think that the Hobbit movies... Right, but if you're going to critique the Hobbit movies, you shouldn't use the prequels as your basis of argument. Is that what I did? No, the people that you hate, that have earned your hate tonight, Yeah, they're the ones that are doing it. Sort of. Uh, not really. I think what I'm saying is they are like the people that that hate like the prequels they're doing the same thing with the hobbit like they're they're not comparing the, the hobbit to the prequels they're comparing the hobbit to lord of the rings as people compare the prequels to the original star wars and yeah but i don't think you can i don't think you can do that i think that's unfair no one you shouldn't be doing that because there's like people hate the prequels for much different reasons than they hate the hobbit why do people hate the hobbit i I don't know where all this Hobbit haters stuff is coming from. I, I, I don't know. People were hating the Hobbit because of the bad, the too much CG. Overuse of CG. But no one CG. hates the Hobbit because they were generally boring, drawn-out stories that ruined the originals. No one's saying that. I've heard that a little bit. Really? I've heard it a little bit, that it's too long. Uh, it should have never been three movies because originally mm -hmm. it was going to be two movies. Probably yeah. But... Uh, but you know what? I yeah. love this world. I love what you think that they could pack that in all of that into two. Um, well, the last Hunger Games didn't need to be two movies, but uh, they probably could have crammed the Hobbit into two long movies. They're already long movies. 
but it seems like if you trim the fat and you just get right down to the to the meat of it maybe you could do it i don't know the story because i haven't read it i'm just i've been waiting to see this final movie before i you know make a make a final judgment but um i i think that people's main criticism is definitely cgi because people have in their head they forget they forget like what they like and why they like it all they remember is that they like it and it's like infallible the, the original star and this is where i think you can make the comparison the original star wars infallible i can't even come up with a single criticism for it um but i can criticize the fuck out of the prequels same things going on with the hobbit movies because it's been 10 years since like lord of the rings a lot of these fucking dickheads on the internet that are probably like 21 22 were just little kids when they fucking saw the original lord of the rings they're not even like capable of like analytical thought or subjective uh, criticisms or anything. They just remember, oh, I really liked it. But what they're not remembering or failing to even acknowledge is that Lord of the Rings was filled with CGI. It had tons of it. Tons of it, when you go back and look at the it... Balrog wasn't a practical effect. It doesn't hold up as brilliantly as you think it did. Just because Gollum was really well done doesn't mean that the rest of the effects were. Gollum was motion capture like CGI. It was revolutionary. Everything else was animated. So like when you had the big fight at Helm's Deep and you had the two armies fighting against each other, go rewatch it. It's a video game. It's a video like well because they created a uh, completely new program called Massive to have all of those characters fight and, and interact with right, each other. Right. Which at the time was really fascinating and cool in 2014 those kind of effects really aren't acceptable in my opinion. Well, here's here's my argument for that. When I watched the original Lord of the Rings in the movies, and I've mentioned this to you earlier, nothing nothing made me groan. The Legolas on the elephant elephant thing. Elephant, yeah, like, I think. Elephant, the elephant. That makes it sound so otherworldly. But like the Helm's Deep stuff, like I didn't look at any of that and be like, oh, that's super weird. Going back and looking at it now, you're just like, yeah, well, yeah, that's bad right, CG is right. 10 years old. But I just watched uh, Battle of the Five Armies last night, and there, there's, like, I'm watching the fight scenes, and I'm like, ooh, that's really bad. Like, upon first viewing, like, I feel like through these first three Hobbit movies, there are more groan-inducing bad effects than there were in the three Lord of the Rings. Some of the stuff that people talked about in the first three Lord of the Ring movies, not so much the effects were the practice, like the the way that the practical effects were handled, and that was the main focus. Like this is how we made this; it was all first right. perspective. Right. This right. is how we did this. You know, there were you know little people actors with the superimposed faces, and th that was such a big deal about how they did it with a lot of practical effects that people do forget a lot of that other shit, see, just straight CGI. Well, right, and again, going back to the Star Wars comparison, you know, the, the prequels get ripped. Too much CGI. There is. There is too much CGI done in those movies, but they don't acknowledge the fact that there are a fuckload of real effects in those movies. 
But they, they, all they think is that they're CGI, so they don't even recognize they're looking at like a real model of an entire city right in front of them. They're just like <laughs> too much CGI because it's fashionable to hate on shit because they're not capable of real criticisms. Where, why is there a, was there a moment or a article or something that happened that stirred up all this hatred, this fire, this brimstone. A, a terrestrial radio review this morning while Matt was in the shower. I was telling Paul earlier, I was pissed. I'm like washing myself. While he was like, steaming. I was washing myself like real angrily. I'm probably super clean because I scrubbed the shit out of myself. Do you think you're really mad about this Hobbit argument? Or do you think subconsciously you feel that they're trashing the prequels? You know, that's a good question. Uh, no, I think I think it's the same dumbasses that, again, are incapable of, like, telling you what... I think it's a bunch of people that read the same shit and regurgitate it that just can't tell you why they didn't like it, but it's more fun and cool, and they want to be in the hip crowd or whatever to have the, the popular opinion. Um, it, it's That's more important to them than actually, like letting themselves enjoy something you know they, they can't take anything at face value yeah. instead they have to like trash it and bitch and moan about it. it it's again it's not the same story as lord of the rings it's a different story but it's the same fucking style it's a long ass movie with some cool practical effects and a lot of special effects like cgi get over it yeah but enjoy it it's awesome yeah but you don't you don't have to enjoy it, and some of the some of the effects in The Hobbit are worse than the stuff in Lord of the Rings. It's not like it's not great. It's not great. It's a step down from some of the things in Lord of the Rings. In okay, unless you're specifically referring to the five armies, I think you're incorrect because for every shitty shot you show me in the Hobbit movies I'll show you an equally shitty one in Lord of the Rings I think we could do like tit for tat with that I don't I don't think I think there's there's more blatant stuff in the three Hobbit movies it didn't ruin my experience I liked all three of them but there were things in this last movie two in particular where I was just like oh man how did that get into the final cut and that didn't happen in the in the Lord of the Rings movies. I don't know. Legolas on the elephant. Legolas well, on yeah, the cave the, troll. The the elephant one is is pretty bad. But there's a lot like but that's, Legolas. It seems like it's all are, Legolas where he uh, jumped on the on the horse and he he did a real that's, weird. That's the one like, I'm thinking of. Supernatural. Thinking like of. his yeah. arm went in front and then behind, and it's like it was an impossible. Yeah. What we were talking angle. about earlier. That's the one I'm thinking of when he jumps on that. That uh, horse. He jumps on the horse and he puts his arm like on the front and it twists around think, and he throws I him on top. I think the, line, the line I'm drawing it with is that those are... Actually, to that point, I actually thought that looked super cool. It, it, it looked weird, but it didn't look bad. Like I've and, it, and it's done in slow motion in the movie and I've always tried to figure it out. But like I don't feel like body parts are where they shouldn't be, but I'm always trying to figure out exactly what's going on. But it just shows like how like light the elves are and I think it was such a cool like representation of that because there's a, only a few instances it always, where they visually show it that. always struck me as really strange and here and, um, and here's here's the line I, I may be drawing at 
when he's doing all the crazy shit on the elephant, yeah, he's clearly not really doing that. The weird jump on the horse, yeah, he's not doing that. So if it's some wonky CG, fine, whatever. But when Bard is riding up a path in the distance on a horse and it looks fake, that's really bad. Mm -hmm. I guess that's in the five armies. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And you're going to watch and be like, no, I'll tell you don't. <laughs> but afterwards, me, Justin, Carrie, and Ginger were all like, Oh my god, that was super bad. And so, like, I, I think the, if it's some big, huge thing, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's obviously CG, it's gonna be weird, then it doesn't bother me, but come on. It's a dude riding up a path on a horse. You gotta nail that. Ruins the whole movie, doesn't it? I mean, it that's, that's the it main point. That's well, the point. And, 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 and I mentioned earlier, there's, movies. there's really bad... I wish there's really bad that stuff I knew, like that. I wish... Then, there's the there's huge huge battle scenes. Some dudes are moving weird. Yeah, huge battle scene. I get it. It's fine. But there's other stuff when it's just two characters, obviously CG, and it's flawless. Like who are you listening to? I want to hear this review that inspired all this. Uh... It wasn't even a review. It was this fucking asshole that comes on the radio and he wants to talk quickly. He's five minutes to get his snarky little fuckface comments in. And he and he's talking about all the latest movies. Um, what channel, please? I want to look this up. I want to hear. It's it's not. You won't find it. it was no. Just, okay. It was just like. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not going to give him any credit. I'm not to our 200 listeners that we have that will be listening. You know, our Facebook fans. That's true. I, I this man will get no or woman will get no credit. So, no satisfaction. Ah. And here, here's my Peter Jackson defense. You said a couple minutes ago, you were like, for every bad shot in The Hobbit, I can show you an equally bad one in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. For every bad shot in both franchises, I can find an equally stunning one. Like, because there's weird stuff that happens in Battle of the Five Armies, mm -hmm. but it's followed up later by like breathtaking shit for me what it comes down but to I, I, I wish they just kind of find the middle make the bad stuff good if it if maybe you need to take some time away from making some of the good stuff really good are we happy that we got these new hobbit movies because i am i haven't seen the new one yet but i'm happy that they made them absolutely with their warts and all I enjoyed the the story. I wanted to ride along through that universe See, again. I, I wouldn't and even I, and go I was so happy. far as saying their words. That, oh. that even sounds too harsh. Okay, we're we're doing what we do. I agree. We're, we're hard critiquing, but they're not. I enjoyed all three movies. Yeah, maybe not the second one so much, but one and three, damn good movies. See, I really liked two. I thought you were unfairly hard on it last year when we talked about it. And not only that, I would say my least favorite of the five that I've seen, of the five Peter Jackson, like, Middle Earth movies, the, the return, the King of the Hill is the worst one. <laughs> um, I, I think it's, it's, that one to me felt too long. It feels overly melodramatic. There's way too much, like, slow motion in it. And, and I feel like, um, because that, that one's, like, more of a f big battle than anything, right? Uh, less on the story, more on the fighting and everything, and yet it was like the longest one. Because I, I it feel like there's unbalanced. some, there's kind of some repeated stuff. Like I'm like, all right, well the battle, it 
Gondor's just the larger battle in Helm's Deep. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, right. And they kind of pump fake you with the ending. There are like three different endings in there. You're See, like, all right, I'm getting ready to. Ah, oh, shit. You know what? I'm I sitting actually, back down. I know that that the, those movies are criticized heavily for those like ending after ending after end, ending, but to me, I'm fine with it because that is such an incredibly epic story, and it's so long, and it's so like effective to so many. Um, different characters i feel like they everyone that has lived through it should get a chance to kind of have their story finished and and i'm okay with that i think we've gone through this huge journey all right let's see how it ends don't just let me guess just let's see it it was cool i was i will tell you i was totally in camp legolas for this last movie all the way. Okay. Other no, other camps don't, don't, to be in? No, 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 don't no more. Well, there was the camp I was in um, for. What was the last one called? I don't want to hear this. What was the last movie called? Uh, the Desolation of Smaug. Smaug. Yeah, when he's riding down the barrels, jumping on dwarf heads, mm-hmm. not in Camp Legolas. Oh, okay. Okay. But I see. this one, Camp Legolas. Okay, but don't say any more. I don't because I, I don't even know. Here's what I want to tell you. I don't know really what this movie's about because five armies right. duke it out right but like all I can tell is that it doesn't look like the dragons in it that much it looks like that shit might get taken care of in the first five minutes of the movie and then from there on it's like oh who's left standing and now they fight don't tell me if I'm right Paul but that's kind of like what I think it might be but I really want to go and sort of spoiler you, you never saw the cartoon the Hobbit like the if I did, I don't remember it yeah, at all. I watch that all the time. So, like, that's what I know the story of The Hobbit from, yeah. is from that, that I guess cartoon. after the new year, once we've seen, once we've all seen this movie, we can break it down. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't... I don't really remember The Hobbit cartoon very well, but I do remember... What's the, uh, the, the guy's name that did the Lord of the Rings? The Ralph Bakshi. Is that his name? The old animated ones that had like the real life, yeah, real people against like screens and shit. Yeah. Wait, what's that? Ralph Bakshi. That's the name. That doesn't sound familiar at the name all. of the guy. You serious? Yeah, talk talk amongst yourselves. Let me. I remember the that the Fellowship of the Ring, and they just did that first story, and and I think the plans were to do all three books but I don't think that it made enough money or like it was popular enough but I have I've, I've watched that there is a Hobbit and there is also Return of the King so I watched all three of those animated pieces which were done by different companies and everything mm-hmm. but um, so I'm, I was always familiar with the story just from watching those lots of times Yeah, um, looking forward to uh, looking forward to you guys checking it out, seeing it, so we can uh, we can break down this entire Tolkien saga as done by Peter Jackson. So Matt, what are you doing over there? Trying to figure out who made this. Uh, there was a name that was that it, it wasn't Ralph Bakshi. That name means nothing to me. There was a another name or another person involved or something. In, in uh, this, and then there was another one like called American Pop that came out many, many years later. Yeah, it's Ralph Bakshi. Huh. 
He's right. It is, is, it, is it Martin Ransohoff? Because American Pop is written, or it's directed and produced by Ralph Bakshi. It might be Ralph Bakshi. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you want to leave us on some Christmas thoughts? Um, Close, one week. Yeah, I mean, one week, week from away. Tonight. I can't believe it. Um, or when this comes out. If you listen to it on the day, it we'll try to get this out by Monday, Monday. the twenty third. So, you, or wait, the twenty second. Monday, the twenty second. Monday, the twenty second. Right now, it's Thursday, the eighteenth. Christmas already. Jesus, I know, I know, it's crazy. Can't it get here faster? <laughs> Do you want it to get here faster? I that means it. next Christmas we'll get here faster, and pretty soon we'll be dead. That's fine. Yeah, I, that means the new Star Wars will be here faster. Mm, that also means the we'll new be Fantastic dead. Four will be here faster. That also, that also means the haters will be coming out of the woodwork again. For Star Wars? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Me I am a bros. My hate bros. I think I, I probably will actually... It'll come to blows at some point a year from now. Like, I, I won't be able to handle this I'm shit. I'm excited for that. If it That's does, be it's because... You hate it, and I love it. That you guys no, fight? No, I, I don't think... No, I, it's that if I hate it, I'll legitimately hate it, right? But like, I don't think that there's anything that could happen that you would hate this movie upon first viewing. Probably. I mean, like, anything can happen, but I, I think it would be... Not bad. But anyway, that's not a that's not a, a 2014 Christmas spot. That's more of a 2015 Christmas that's spot. That's the ghost of For Christmas this year, future. Um, no, not really. I really don't. Um, I I think that uh, you know I I know that Ian, you, you want this season to be over. You, you hate it. I still love it. I'm still. I don't. There's nothing in particular Christmas this year, but I still love this time of year. So I'm I'm glad that we're. At least one of us is reveling in the season at the moment, and um, we'll come back strong next year. Is this the last one of the year? No. No. Well, yeah. It's the last it one that the fans will be hearing. But it's not the last one we will record. The last one that we'll record, is that the, the year in review? No, yeah, the 30th, yeah. Okay. But uh, we'll see if we get into that stuff uh, next, next episode. This year, everyone, Merry Christmas. Have a safe happy holiday season and again thank you so much for your donations because the toys for tots and if you go on facebook page you'll see me holding uh, an inquisitor doll which like it's almost like it was prophesized by our very own ian charbley where if you look at the picture uh that he drew what, like a month ago, you see me holding that very Inquisitor doll that you probably didn't even know existed. Like, they didn't even... I can see the future, and I knew that you would hold said doll and make said face. I look like such an idiot in that picture. You look great. Well, thanks. I mean... You look like a great idiot. A great... A great idiot. That's going to do it for us tonight. Merry Christmas to all of our McSauce fans. Have a good one. My name is Paul. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. God bless us, everyone.
playback boy. This calls for divine intervention. I kick ass for the law.